The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to another edition of Rage Quit, the video game discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. This is the Bear of Texas reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight I bring to you James Bond 007. If you listen to my previous episode, I talked about GoldenEye 007 on the Nintendo 64. Quite possibly the greatest first-person shooter ever made. A huge influence on me and my childhood as far as video games go. Long story short, a game that not only changed my life and the life of many, but changed the course of video games overall. You know, I've been thinking, if I can talk about GoldenEye, Double uh, 007 GoldenEye on the N64 in one episode, maybe I should spend one episode talking about my experience with James Bond video games. Because as a kid and as a teen, I really had quite the experiences. It all started with GoldenEye 007, but really I don't want to get too deep into that, because I already did. But other games like 007 Nightfire, 007 Agent Under Fire, 007 Everything or Nothing, GoldenEye Rogue Agent, Quantum of Solace, From Russia with Love... 007 Racing on the PS1. You know... It, it, the list goes on. Of course, there's also Tomorrow Never Dies uh, on the PlayStation 1 as well. There really is quite a list of James Bond video games. Now, after GoldenEye... I, those, the, the one game that came out on the N64 also was The World Is Not Enough. It was good. I liked it. So this time, it, it really, really followed the story thoroughly as far as the world's not enough goes. There wasn't random levels that had enough, that, that, were not, that were not, you know, related to settings from the film. The graphics and the gameplay were actually different. I mean, it was first-person shooter, but there was a lot of different motions and these little details compared to GoldenEye 007. If you played both games, you would be, basically be able to tell the difference. Like, for example... If you remember correctly, in The World's Not Enough, you can use the gadget watch for numerous uh, things. Like, there's the stunner, there's the laser, there's the grapple hook, you know, knockout darts, everything. In The Golden Eye, if you remember, the only the only time you could actually use uh, the watch was to detonate explosives 
or use the laser. Although the laser was only available, if I remember correctly, it was only on, on a few missions. If I remember correctly, the laser was only available on the train mission in Goldeneye. But the world's not enough really kind of changed things a little bit. It really... I think it, it, it certainly took a step closer to teaching me about stealth games. Because in, in the game, the world's not enough. If you, got, if you guys remember correctly, there's a mission when you're in the villa. If you're, if, you're, if you're familiar with the film, The World's Not Enough, you remember the character Elektra. And in the video game, there's a mission when you're in Elektra's villa. You sneak out of your room. You, sne you sneak around uh, the, the villa complex, whatnot. You, you know, have to knock out the guards. You can't let, you know, a certain guy named Gabor see you or Davidoff see you. If you remember the mission, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But that stealth mission was actually pretty pretty difficult. I mean, I'm not I'm not even kidding. I mean, several times it took it took me to how to really beat the level and how to actually know exactly what to do. But but also, what's interesting was the, the there was that mission when you're on skis. I thought that was pretty cool. Really cool indeed. So the world's enough. Really kind of like you know gave me another huge James Bond film. And for a while, I, I took a bit of a hiatus from James Bond films, uh, quite frankly. I'm not, I don't remember exactly when, the, and I'm guessing The World's Not Enough had to come out. Okay, it actually came out in 2000, okay. So from that, I, I took a brief hiatus, because then in, in 2001, this was when, you know, we had the GameCube, you know, the, the and the Xbox, you know, we're, we're becoming, a, you know, we're just coming out, and that's where gaming was really starting to get even better. It was starting to really... Modernize, but Aiden Under Fire came in two thousand one. But to be honest, I didn't play it until probably about two thousand two, two thousand three. In two thousand uh, for my uh, ninth birthday, my dad bought me an Xbox. Okay, and Agent Under Fire was one of the first games that I had because uh, I remember when he got me the game, he bought me three games with it. Okay, and you know, he, he he really thought the thing through. I mean, this is why my dad's just such an amazing father. Like, you know, by then, he and I were huge James Bond fans. Uh, I should actually let y'all know that my dad and I have this uh, personal father and son tradition that when a new James Bond film comes out, he we, we, we both go see it together. That tradition started when we saw The World's Not Enough in 1999. So my dad and I have this thing, like, you know, part of our bonding, you know, especially, you know, I'm about to turn 28 years old, and, you know, this started when I was six, so... So when a new James Bond film comes out, we both go see it. You know, unfortunately, this this year was supposed to happen, you know, with the new James Bond film, but unfortunately, it's been delayed because of this whole uh, life ruining, frustrating COVID nineteen drama. But I just I just told my dad, well, when the film finally comes out, the excitement will certainly be back. But anyway, Agent Under Fire could have been better. I don't find it to be... It was... Okay. I don't want to throw it under the bus. I'm guessing, you know, for that time, you know, for a new, for a new console, you know, for a new console, you know, going from the uh, Nintendo 64 to the Xbox, the controls were certainly easy. Okay? Uh, the variety of guns in the game was cool. You know, what, what I found really confusing is that the likeness... Okay, it looked a little bit like Pierce Brosnan, but not totally... And I did notice that the, the you know it was certainly not Pierce Brosnan's voice you know for the voice acting, I did notice that but I really didn't really I didn't really let it bother me I, I, I didn't really care too much about it, 
I, I just, although I do kind of feel like it's weird that if they're going to use something similar to Pierce Brosnan, then why is it not his voice? But, but really, it's it's not a full similarity to Pierce Brosnan. I mean, I might be wrong, but based on what I've seen, is it looks a little bit different. Now, the story and the plot of the game, I find it pretty interesting. I don't remember it clearly off the top of my head. As far as Agent Under Fire goes, what I remember is that, you know, the first mission, you're on an island base in Hong Kong. You have to uh, rescue Agent Nightshade, which is, you know, an ally in, in, in that James Bond uh, uh, setting. She's a CIA agent, I believe, and uh, you have to you have to rescue her, and then you do, then you're ch- there's that chase in the streets of Hong Kong and whatever. But then after that, I don't remember it quite well. I do remember those uh those two missions in the embassy. The first one is, is fully stealth. There's like a... A, a British diplomat in a in the British embassy in uh in Romania whatever and, and if I remember correctly but the missions overall were fun there was numerous car chases those you know that that second level car chase but if I what I remember correctly was that there was actually two missions where you're actually driving the car one of them is the BMW Z8 and then the other one was the classic Aston Martin and by the way I just want to I actually want to point out how proud I was or how excited I was that they put the classic Aston Martin in the game. I feel like, you know what, the, night, the beautiful classic 1964 Aston Martin has really made an impact in the James Bond franchise. They really need to put it in the video games. I, I just feel like they should. But anyway, I did end up beating the game. Probably took me maybe about a year. I mean, keep in mind, you know, I was in fourth grade, so, and, you know, fourth, my fourth grade year was really a year that changed because previously I was in a school where... I was just so badly mistreated, you know, most teachers were so cruel to me, so, you know, it was a private school, so I was in a, I was in a public school, and I was actually starting to get good grades, and I was actually being able to do stuff more, so I couldn't play all the time, so obviously it took me a while to beat the game. But, as far as uh, James Bond 007 Agent Fire goes, I feel like the game, it could have been better, but it really was not bad. I really feel like it was a great way to, to, to reintroduce me to a new generation and style of James Bond games. Which brings me to 007 Nightfire. Now, since we're talking about Pierce Brosnan, that's where Pierce Brosnan's full likeness really came back, okay? And not only that, but he did provide the voice. I feel like, you know what, if they're going to use his likeness, then what's the point of not having his voice? Because believe me, if Pierce Brosnan's likeness is in the game... But his voice is not there, then it's not gonna do well. James, you know, diehard James Bond junkies like me, that's gonna that's gonna be critical for us. I mean, even to this, I, I would criticize it correctly. Y'all, sh- you know, this shouldn't have happened. If you're gonna use his likeness but not his voice, then there's no point of having the game published. There's no point of having it created. It's not gonna mesh well. It's not gonna do well. It's just not gonna be authentic. It's not gonna be unique. Now, unfortunately, as far as Nightfire goes, if there's really a con uh, uh, for me, something that went wrong was that I feel like the game was not long enough. I mean, there's only 12 missions. I don't remember how many missions there were in Agent Under Fire, but, but, but even though it's 12 missions, it's not like each mission was too short, but I just feel like because the story, the plot was so cool. I feel like things could have been better, but... You know what? No, I take that back. You know what? No. Sorry, folks. You know what? I just remember now. No. Everything I just said, that's exactly what happened. 
Pierce Brosnan's voice was not in the game. <laughs> you know, I I just remembered it because, you know, I, I just started having these flashbacks in my head about remembering the gameplay. No, it's exactly what I, what I just criticized, what, what I would have criticized. Pierce Brosnan's voice was not in the game. It was not in the game. So, you know what? Now that I think about it, there's two things I'm going to criticize. The length of the game and the fact that Pierce Brosnan's voice was not in it. And really, I, I don't know why. I mean, I'm not going to criticize it too bad because really, maybe I'm... Okay, you know what? I'll be honest. Now, let me be perfectly honest. I think now I'm truly exaggerating. Because 007 Nightfire was really a fun game. But... But it was just so surprising that... That Pier, you know, Pierce Brosnan, he, his, his face, his picture is on the cover of the game. And his likeness, but... But his his voice was just not provided. It's really strange, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't understand why I, I didn't have the flashbacks and the memories in my head of me playing the game, but then I just came to the realization that what I would have criticized is actually true. James Bond's the likeness was Pierce Brosnan, but not the voice. So anyway... The missions were fun. You know, I remember the first mission, you're in the chopper, you're in Paris, there's that French agent, she's being chased after, she's chasing after this truck that has a stolen uh, device, and then, you know, you start out in the chopper, and then you'll, the Aston Martin V12 Vanquish comes up, and then, you know, you gotta stop the truck and whatever. I thought that was pretty cool, and, and really, the missions are just, you know, so much stealth, and, you know, hand, the hand-to-hand combat, the characters, you know, you know, the the main antagonist of the game. You know, I, I don't remember exactly what his plot was. I just know that the final mission, when you're in a, you're in a base, you know, uh, the the name of the mission is actually called uh, Equinox. Basically, uh, and the character, the main antagonist's name is uh, Raphael Drake. Yeah, I do remember. And I'm, but I'm not sure. I don't remember fully what his uh, plot was. If anybody here who uh, follows me on Twitter, you know, uh, or wants to let me know, uh, go ahead. Because, uh, you know, you're helping me out, believe it or not, but... But I remember the, the mission, basically. You see him in this in the second mission of the game. Then I'm not sure after that where, where you, you see him, but then, um... The, the, and then, you know, you're basically in Austria. And then I think, you know, you go to Japan. You, you, you meet a, a dude who's a former employer, you know, who's employed by Drake, but then turns into a good guy. Learn information from him. He gets killed by a ninja, and then then you have to go to the Phoenix Building. I mean, that the Phoenix is actually the it is actually the company that the antagonist runs. That's the name of the of his business. It's called Phoenix. Nightfire is actually the name of the operation. Because you know how in the James Bond franchise, like the bad guy, like his plan, like he always he, the name of the operation. He always calls it something, like or some of them do, is that he called it Nightfire. So Nightfire is actually the name of the operation, but. But the, the levels were certainly interesting. Like, you know, go, you go from Japan and then, you know, go to an island, you know, Drake's Island. You find his base and then, you know, you get on board, on board the rocket, go up to his uh, space base, you defeat him. So, you know, every, I, I think like everything just happened so quick, but it was well paced. And uh, not to mention, there was also that mission where you're the, uh, that submarine mission where the ASMR turns into a submarine. I thought that was pretty cool. I feel like Nightfire... Paid a couple of tributes, like the submarine, the car submarine, 
obviously, you know, that's uh, that's shades of the movie the Sp- the Spy Who Loved Me when you know that was Roger Moore's uh Roger Moore you know as James Bond in seventy seven the Spy Who Loved Me the car in the game was the uh, that uh, that Lotus that uh, Los uh, Esperidi or something like that whatever whatever model it was you know is able to turn into a submarine so I thought that was pretty cool and maybe you know defeating the bad guy in space on a base I guess that was you know to pay a little tribute to Moonraker um, and I'm guessing you know the dude having an, uh, a base on the island. Maybe that's just kind of a, to give an example of what Spectre, basically kind of how they operate, right? <laughs> I don't know. This is just simply my opinion, but I just found it pretty cool. And, and, and I guess, you know, maybe that, and I'm not sure what made him have the game setting uh, take place in, in, in Japan. I mean, I, I thought that was pretty cool. It, it made perfect sense, but, but I was like, but you know what? At the end of the day, I simply just enjoyed the game and it was certainly fun. I mean... To, it, it, I have to say, Nightfire really has to be considered one of the best games in 2002. But now we get to 2003. Now, Pierce Brosnan, not only was his appearance in the game, but finally, his voice too. <coughs> so that made it special. Okay. But, really really surprised me and what really made me happy was the return of one popular henchman from two James Bond films The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker I think you guys know who I'm talking about if you are a James Bond junkie you remember Jaws that's right the henchman the tall henchman with the silver teeth (laughs) he was in the game now if y'all remember if y'all aware of the fact that Jaws was portrayed by an, uh, by the late actor Richard Keel, who passed away um, a little over six years ago. I'm not sure exactly if he was actually part of the game's development or not. I mean, part of me says he had to have been, or, you know, m- maybe they had to ask him permission. I mean, I'm not sure uh, exactly, but I'm pretty sure that the fact that they decided to bring Jaws back, it had to be some sort of tribute to him. I mean, I feel like it was a tribute to Richard Keel, because the character Jaws was just so popular. But the difference is, is like in in the game, Jaws actually ends up dying. Uh, I think it was like this. Yeah, it was like the second or third to last mission when you're fighting Jaws in an elevator and he has a flamethrower, and then <coughs> excuse me, and then when you de- when you delete him, he lo- you know the f- he he starts you know flaming up and he loses control, and then the elevator crashes and then James Bond escapes. You know, it, like I said, it, it's been so it's been so long. I. Can't fully recall all the, all the glorious details, but I'm pretty sure that's how it was. But you know, what's also interesting is that w- Willem Dafoe provided the likeness and the voice of the of the antagonist. Uh, the the antagonist, you know, a Russian dude named uh, Nikolai Diavolo, I believe his name was. And what's funny is that Max Zorin was actually mentioned in that game. That Diavolo was basically portrayed as a student of Max Zorin. The plot basically was to, um, if I remember correct, I mean, look, it, it obviously it's, it's got to do with some. I think overthrowing maybe the that that current Russian government. You know, I'm actually trying to dig deep in my memory to to try to remember, and I'm actually doing my best. But I think, okay, maybe, maybe if I go through the game, uh, I might remember the plot. I mean, I'm gonna try to, but if I remember correct, the game opens up in a uh, you know. 
James Bond's infiltrating, you know, in organizations like that. Um, something about a device, you, you gotta steal it, and then you escape by helicopter. And then, you know, the mission starts with, you're in this uh, weapons uh, base in uh, Egypt. You have to rescue, like, a, a scientist, like, a, like a, an Oxford scientist who was kidnapped and, and whatever. And then, and then you get on that armored train, and that's where you actually in, encounter, you encounter Jaws. So that, I thought that was pretty cool, but... Okay, now I'm starting to remember. Okay, so Max Zorn was basically a former KGB agent. Uh, so uh, so it, it, it makes sense that he was a friend and mentor, you know, whose mentor and friend was Max Zorn. Because if you remember, they viewed a kill, the Max Zorn character, who's portrayed by none other than Christopher Walken, you know, was a, in, the, in the game's uh, description, he was a former KGB agent. So it, it makes sense, okay? So, uh, okay, so not, now I remember there was this thing called these nanobots, okay. Okay, yeah, and now it's really, it's now really starting to, to come back. Diablo basically, okay, now I remember, so, so he wanted to use those nanobots that just, that just eat metal to destroy the Kremlin and to, uh, to actually take control of Russia and to, okay, now I remember, okay. Yeah. It, it really, it really is, uh. Quite interesting, <laughs> but you know the, the levels, you know the gameplay, and you know this was actually a James Bond film. Uh, excuse me, this was actually a James Bond game that was not first-person shooter. It was actually third-person. So, so I found that pretty interesting, but it really did not bother me. I mean, the graphics were great. You know, the gameplay was fun. the The levels were fun. The story was interesting. I really didn't see anything. And, and you know what? The length of the game was actually perfect. It was certainly perfect. I mean, they really did a good job, really, adding more levels, you know, making the levels more challenging. And, you know, there's the... In, in this level, uh, you can actually drive the, uh, the Aston... Excuse me, the Aston Martin V12 Vanquish. Drive it around New Orleans. Because I remember part of the game takes place in New Orleans because... You know, there's a a character in the game called uh, Arkady Yayakov. <laughs> See, it's like I said, now things are, silent, are finally starting to come back to me. And then, you know, Yayakov has that nightclub in New Orleans. And then you have to meet with uh, an undercover NSA operative who's, you know, posing as a singer in the nightclub and whatever. But I just thought, I, I just thought it was cool. And the game also takes place in Peru and everything. I mean... Really quite well with the story. I mean, if you play Double Seven, Everything or Nothing, you really have to consider that one of the one of the best games you know ever made. I mean, it's it's certainly more ex you know a new experience. I mean, keep in mind. I mean, this was a game that was not first person shooter, so I just thought the whole game you know as a whole was cool. I just haven't. I mean, I haven't played the game in so long. I think last time I played the game had to be had to have been fifteen years ago. But the last few missions were pretty stressful. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, everything or, as far as everything or nothing goes, really, nothing really to complain about. Now, now things are really starting to pick up. Now, see, I talked about this game also in my uh, last one when I talked about 007 Goldeneye, but it was Goldeneye Rogue Agent. But if you listen to that ep episode, I really don't have to go through this one again, but... Goldeneye Rogue Agent, 
I found that one actually very interesting. And, and you know what? I should mention that the, the missions in the in the in that game. I, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode. Was the fact that most of the missions take place in from certain places and settings from the various throughout the films. Like there's a mission in um, in Crab Key. There's the mission at the at the at Fort Knox, you know, which is you know also from uh, Goldfinger. The let me see. I Man, I just thought that, and I didn't mention that the all the characters from the game are from the James Bond uh, franchise. You know, Lucenia on a top, Francisco Scaramanga, Goldfinger, uh, and uh, Doctor No. And, and and I did mention that you know Doctor No and Goldfinger are at war, but I guess I mean some people you know consider it again yeah it's 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 definitely it has to be particularly considered a spinoff but I'm not sure you know, the best way to describe that game but but James Bond is mentioned in the game but he's not part of, I mean he's briefly part of the game but I just. Uh, I found Goldeneye Rogue Agent. I mean, the weapons display, the heads, you know, everything is pretty cool. Everything is just so cool. And what's funny is that the main gun that you always start with never ran out of ammo. And there was actually a way to rejuvenate your health just like that by taking cover. So I thought that was actually pretty cool. Okay. Alright, now, now, okay. I'm actually looking, I had to look this up. Okay. Just like, okay, so Mission 1 was at Fort Knox, and then there's Auric Enterprises. Okay, so Fort Knox, Auric Enterprises, that's all from the mid-film Goldfinger. Then there's, you know, Hong Kong. You know, several several of the James Bond films, you know, there's a scenes, you know, that takes place in Hong Kong. And then there's Las Vegas. I'm guessing, you know, Midas Casino, that's gotta, that's gotta be from, that's gotta be a reference from, uh... Okay, it can't be Diamonds Are Forever. I, and, well, the casino, I, I guess the, uh... I say the concept of the casino has to be, you know, the idea had to be inspired from uh, Diamonds Are Forever or some other James Bond film, which I probably don't remember very well. But there's all there's also the Hoover Dam. And what was so interesting is that in the Hoover Dam, Oddjob, who was actually your ally, he betrays you, and then you kill him. It's, <laughs> yeah, I find that to be uh, pretty interesting. Like, because I remember Goldfinger how Oddjob dies, but. But yeah, but basically, you know, for all that, what I can confirm it, well, you know, this mission, the game only had eight missions, but most of the missions were actually pretty long, and they were they were, they were lengthy, they were challenging. So, really, the fact that this game had only eight missions, there's really nothing really wrong with it because, like, like I just said, they were lengthy, they were more than challenging. So, really, Goldeneye Rogue Agent, really, I, I love the game. I mean, even to this day, I, I would I would play it all, I would play it again if I could, if somehow. On the PlayStation Network, if it's available, I can download it. You can bet that I will get it. So now, now we're about it. But okay, now business just really picked up from Russia with Love, which came out in two thousand five. I couldn't tell you how excited I was for this one, and the fact that Sean Connery's uh, appearance from nineteen sixty three was in it. They did bring in Sean Connery. To provide the voice. Now, uh, obviously, his voice uh, had changed so much from uh, from his role from uh, from Russia with Love, but I st- I just I'm just amazed. You know, I still ask myself, how were they able to actually get Sean Connery's appearance from 1963 to be in a game in 2005? Uh, certainly, a, a a good question to ask. I'm not trying to do, you know, you know, okay. So it was basically new voice work. I mean, 
just imagine, you know, it, it was like so long from, from the role, you know, and this was actually considered to be, this was actually considered to be the Sean Connery's official final appearance as James James Bond. I mean, he appeared as James Bond in the video game, so that considers it as an appearance overall. So, but, and what's so what's so cool is, you know, even though the game is depicted a little bit differently from the film, it still follows the plot to an extent, although the first mission, I went into London, I mean, that had nothing really to do with the movie, but, but really, it was great. And, you know, what's also amazing is that, uh, one of the bad guys, you know, uh, if you remember, what was her name, uh, the bad guy? Oh, Rosa Klebb. Rosa Klebb, I mean, same thing, perfect appearance, although they obviously could not have uh, the original voice actress because, you know, she had been dead, you know, for a long time. And Robert Shaw, who was Red Grant, you know, one of the henchmen in the game that James Bond fights on the train, they used his appearance as well, but obviously they couldn't use his voice because he's dead too, and he had been dead for a long time, so. But really also, you know, for the Bond girl, uh, Tanya, I believe her name was, but, you know, same thing, appearance, but, you know, different voice. But really, at the end of the day, it, it, it didn't bother me a bit that, you know, things couldn't be exactly the same. Because I, I was just glad to see that a classic James Bond film actually got a video game. Now, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the levels, but I, I did ask myself, if, if they make a game based on a classic uh, James Bond film from Russia with Love, do they plan to do the same with Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever, A View to a Kill, just name a few? I mean, it hasn't happened as far as I know, but I feel like if they did, then it certainly would be interesting, but but the truth of the matter is, it's not an easy task to create a James Bond game based off of a classic film, but... But, you know, something to remember, the Aston Martin DB5 from the Goldfinger was there. And, you know, there's another thing, the jetpack from Thunderball. It was also actually in- introduced in the game, and I thought that was pretty cool. So, I know that these James Bond films, they introduce, like, these methods from uh, from throughout the films, like, you know, the jetpack, the Aston Martin DB5. You know, it's all these Easter eggs, basically. So, okay, and... and Here's a fact that this was actually the last James Bond film by Electronic Arts because, okay, because Electronic Arts lost the rights to Activision in 2006. Oh, wow. I'm actually reading this as we go, but, hmm. Okay, well, last James Bond game until the release of Quantum of Solace, which was in 2008. Wow. So I really had the hiatus from James Bond games after From Russia with Love, but I gotta say, from. The game from Russia with Love was beyond exciting. It came out, okay, came out, yeah, just like I thought it came out in late 2005. I was in 7th grade when this took place, so. At the end of the day, really, I was just, you know, it was just amazing to see Sean Connery being James Bond again. Because I gotta say, as far as being the best James Bond, I mean, Sean Connery's obviously the GOAT, and that's certainly debatable, but most James Bond junkies really have to consider Sean Connery the GOAT. Now, if you'll remember correctly, I spoke about GoldenEye 007-2010, the remake, but, you know, I explained that I never had any intent to play it. I mean, I did end up playing it, but 
I didn't like it, never had any excitement. I mean, I, I went through all that already, so I'm not going to do it again, but... But the last James Bond film that I... That last uh, game that I actually had played was 007 Quantum of Solace. Ugh. Most most gamers will say it was disappointing. I mean, overall, I, I kind of was. I found the game not to be fun. I mean, I... I guess you could say at least it did follow the it followed both Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, believe it or not. But but really, I was just really not a fan of the game, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about that because really it's pointless. I mean, just to come up straight to the point, I just didn't like it, really. So, but after that, I mean, that's really where where it all ends. I mean, I. This game, 007 Legends, in 2012, I've never played it. Or James Bond, 007 Bloodstone, that which came out in 2010, I never played that either. You know, and I never mentioned this, you know, Tomorrow Never Dies in 1999. I did actually, I played it once at a friend's house, but I never actually sat down and played the entire game because I never had the original PlayStation. Uh, the best thing I got, you know, if this is, uh, you know, I was able to watch a, a gameplay, you know, on YouTube and, you know, and there's this game called Double Seven Racing, which was also on the PlayStation. I've never really heard anything good about the game, really. I just saw that it's not an actual James Bond game. It's called Double Seven Racing, so I'm guessing that you race around. You can shoot the rockets, shoot the machine guns, do and do what all that kind of stuff. But I was like, okay, that's a bit of James Bond in it. But but based on what I'm looking, is that there was a James Bond game in '93 called James Bond Double Seven: The Duel. Okay, and this one that came out in 83. Okay, so there were video games back in the day. Okay. But I guess none of them were, were big, and I guess James Bond games weren't considered fun until GoldenEye 007 came out, so. But now that i kind of gone through all the games that I did play related to James Bond, okay, well, I, I'm guessing as far as my favorite goes, okay, well, GoldenEye 007 is and always will be the GOAT of all James Bond games, but... If I'm going to put that one aside and have a favorite game, it's it's probably got to be, let me be honest, it's, it's, it's got to be everything or nothing because of the length of the game, the gameplay, everything. Everything was cool. I mean, again, it was it was certainly great to have the return of Jaws, but but really what, what I loved is, you know, the graphics were cool, the controls of the game were exceptional, the gameplay, the story, the length of the game. It was great. It certainly was, and it was great. You know, you know, I, during that time, I was uh, okay. Oh, so, the, so the game came out in late two thousand three. Yeah, I was in fifth grade when it came out, but I didn't actually play it till I was in sixth. But, but it was just good. It, it was it was just good to have Pierce Brosnan's likeness and his voice back in the game. I mean, but, but really, everything or nothing really ha- had a huge impact. So, that's really where it ends. But. But as, as, as far as, you know, these f- future games, I mean, I haven't really thought about it, but I'm not sure, you know, if they ever, if there's any plans on, you know, ones in the future, but if they do, then, you know, it's it's, it's unlikely that, that, that I might actually play them, but if they, if they somehow, you know, make a classic, you know, make a remake from a classic film, then that's definitely going to be in mind, but, but really at the end of the day, I'm not really sure if James Bond games really have a future at this point. I mean, because quite frankly, you know, nothing's ever going to be better than GoldenEye 007. So really, at the end of the day, I really don't see if there's... A, I mean, 
and 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 from what I understand, most gamers find these late James Bond games like you know, for the one from you know, Bloodstone and everything. Most of them, you know, just have, you know have ne- have negative reviews, negative thoughts. So, so really at this point, you know, James Bond games have are no longer popular. So, quite frankly, I really don't see a point of making any games in the future, because like I said, no matter how many they make. None of them will ever be better than GoldenEye 007 on the, on the Nintendo 64. I mean, that's a fact. It simply is. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to remind you that Rage Quit is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. I'd like to thank you all very much for joining me on the final Rage Quit episode of 2020. I propose a huge toast to 2021. Let's hope it's going to be a good year. Have a good night, everybody, and Happy New Year. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.